So here's the thing. There's two kinds of fear. Mm-hmm. A fear that is a reality that's like, don't touch a hot stove, don't stand in the middle of the interstate with an 18-wheeler coming at you. Okay, that's that's fear that's a reality, and you want to avoid those kinds of fear. And that's fear telling you how to survive, right? The other kind of fear is false evidence appearing real. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wealthy Idiot Show. Like usual, we find some video online, and today it's another Dave Ramsey video where they're saying things that don't make a whole lot of sense to us. So we're going to take a look at it. We can review it and talk about it. You can disagree with me, put it in the comments down below why you think I'm wrong or why you think I'm right. I would greatly appreciate it. The name of this video is I Can't Justify Paying Off My House, and I've only watched a little bit of it, so I'll be just as surprised as you. Let's take a look. Eric is in Albany. Hi, Eric. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your taking my taking my question. Sure. What's up? So, I I I keep getting into my head and wanting to liquidate all my investments and pay off my mortgage. Um, and I, I I kind of know that like mathematically that's probably not the right choice, but like I feel like it would be a major pressure reliever, and then to be able to go back through and just use all my discretionary. So this is, I've talked about this before. I don't think it's mathematically a good choice. We're going to, he's going to break down some of the numbers here in a second. And that's as far as I've gotten in the video. So we can take a look at those and we can have a conversation about mathematically, whether or not it's the right choice. What's happening is I think he was probably feeling fine. He watched Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey scared him. And so now he's thinking he's got to change his strategy a little bit, but he doesn't have to. And so this is like that same complaint where you know, is this really a problem that people are having or are people having a problem because Dave Ramsey's telling them they have a problem? I think it's the latter. You don't have any issues. You're doing fine. It's like that lady we reviewed a couple weeks ago where Dave was like, got her all stressed out that she was crying and she's worth over a million dollars and she's crying because she has debt and they're, they could totally find a way to take care of it. Right. I think it's the same thing. When you try to tell people that like something is bad in all cases and you scare people who are in really good situations into thinking that they have to do drastic things to get out of those places. It doesn't make any sense. Howdy folks, Cowboy AJ here. I just want to interject real quick to let you know that we are giving away $500 to one of our first 10,000 subscribers. Right now we're almost at 2,000 subscribers. Once we get to 10,000, we'll do an episode where we randomly select one of our subscribers to send them $500. Make sure you subscribe and don't miss out. Let's get back to it to start going back in and rebuilding my portfolio. Mm-hmm. So how much do you have in uh, your portfolio? Uh, I have my, my stock portfolio. I have $180,000. Did you say 180 or did you say 80? 180000 Okay. And what's your mortgage balance? My mortgage balance is like 170 Okay. All right. And those are the, the portfolio you're discussing is not in a retirement account, correct? Yeah, it's a taxable account, yeah. Okay. And you're debt free other than your home? Yeah, for the most part. I have I you know I have a credit card that's got a very low balance on it that I literally just charged last month that I get paid off by the end of the month. Okay. And what's your household income? Uh free tax, about two hundred and sixty. Good for you. Well done. How old are you? I'm forty. Okay. And so 
So all those numbers are great. My one complaint is that you should have more in investments than you do. And he didn't say what his retirement funds were. This is just one stock account. So, you know, he could have more money in different places than what we know. But I would say that if you're at 40 years old, you should have more invested than you make per year. But um, let's keep going. Uh, so you're saying that mathematically it doesn't make sense, and I would even challenge that part. I think mathematically it does make sense to pay off your house. Um, well, we bought we bought my house in 2012, and um, we we got we got like three and a half percent interest on it. So at yeah. this point, and we've overpaid on it ever since, and, and paid biweekly. Yeah. And so at this point, I'm like not really paying any any interest on it, and what interest I am paying is is minimal. Um, versus the returns that I've been able to get in the stock market. Yeah. Um, you know, but you've not factored in risk. Listen, mathematically, he just said mathematically he doesn't think it makes sense. So then Eric goes to explain why mathematically it does make sense. And now Dave Ramsey's like, yeah, but what about risk? Those two things aren't the same. Mathematically, something can make sense and have high risk. And mathematically, something can make sense and have low risk. So those two things aren't mutually exclusive. What Eric is saying here is he has a really low interest rate. He's invested and that has improved over time. We've talked about on this channel, the average returns post a bear market is 25% over the next four years, which means that he's going to see great growth from this, um, from this stock plan in the next four years, assuming that he's invested into like, you know, stuff that's spread out index funds, for example and not like single stocks. Um, and he has, he's barely paying any interest because he's, I mean, not barely, but he's, you know, he's getting towards the middle part of his mortgage amortization, which means he's paying more principal than he has interest. So if he was to play this game over a 30 year period, the mathematics says he will get way more net worth if he just leaves it alone and he pays the minimum mortgage payment. That's math. Now I'm interested, this is where I've stopped. So I don't know what Dave's gonna respond to here about the risk. I don't see a risk here, but let's see what he says. Right. There's no math for risk in your formula. And not factoring in risk mathematically is a naive formula. Mm -hmm. And um, so here's what we know. We know from the data of studying millionaires that the typical millionaire. Where's the, so he, he, he said, you're not factoring in risk into the math. And then he stopped. What's the risk? What risk are you referring to? And then he immediately goes into his study. And we've talked about this before. The study doesn't dictate how things actually work. So he's saying of all the millionaires, people have paid off homes, right? Well, okay. Well, if you bought a home in your thirties and you're a millionaire in your sixties, you have a paid off home. It doesn't mean that that was the best decision to make. And we've also asked how many of these people have you removed their, their home as a part of their net worth, their personal home, and you just counted the entire net worth. How many of those people are still millionaires after you do that? And then if you look at what's left over and you look at the data for that information, how many of those people acted on the math over the long term? And I'm going to guess it's probably most of them. As two things that causes them to get to their first one to $5 million, that they get out of debt, house and everything, and they build their 401k and their Roth IRAs and good growth stock mutual funds. The number of millionaires that we asked that said, and we said, okay, did you leverage your home in order to invest in stocks? And that's why you became a millionaire. The number of them that say that is very close to zero. 
And I would bet that those are the people that are still millionaires if you don't count their personal home. They say stuff like, well, Lord, no, I got out of debt. Isn't that interesting? So the formula that you're proposing is mathematically correct, um, is not used by hardly any millionaires to get to millionaire status. Translation, your formula is wrong. So, Eric, would you so take out against your home 180? How is it wrong? And I'm going to answer this next question. $1,000 loan to invest into single stocks. Not in single stocks. No, that's stupid. But to invest in things that have a high you know, annual return. So Dave Ramsey talks about how sure the stock market is. He's like, you know, I put my money into mutual funds and I get 12%. And if you're not doing that, you're stupid. So here's the thing. There's two kinds of fear. Mm-hmm. A fear that is a reality that's like, don't touch a hot stove. Don't stand in the middle of the interstate with an 18-wheeler coming at you. Okay, that's, that's fear that's a reality. And you want to avoid those kinds of fear. And that's fear telling you how to survive, right? The other kind of fear is false evidence appearing real. He's like, that's pretty much guaranteed. He's like, it's not totally guaranteed, but it's pretty much guaranteed. So Dave Ramsey says that himself. And then on the flip side, he's like, hey, if you were to take out a loan, a really low interest rate home, and put it into these things I keep telling you is a sure thing, would you do it? The answer is yes. Obviously, we would do it. Because we're not going to be millionaires with 50 plus percent of our net worth tied up in our own personal property. We want to be millionaires to the point where we can actually use our wealth to do something with. And, you know, these guys aren't selling that to you. Um, that'd be, you know, if, it, if, if, if yes. that's what I was doing for, for a living, yeah, sure, why not? But If you were day trading um, for a living, basically? Uh, yeah. Um, you also yeah, probably yeah. wouldn't be sleeping at night. You'd lose relationships because you'd be staring at these numbers, making sure they no, go up all the time. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that. So there's a piece of this where, of- man, I can feel that you're craving that piece, but you're stuck on the starry-eyed, but what if I got this return on that money? Yeah. And the guaranteed return in your house, I think, is way more valuable. So here's what I would do. You called us. And- so before he answers that question... You notice that they've proposed a whole bunch of questions and they didn't answer them themselves. And then they get to the end. So like they keep switching topics, right? So like it doesn't mathematically make sense, but I'm not going to explain it. There's risk, but I'm not going to explain it. Also, other millionaires are not doing what you're doing, but I'm not going to really explain why that makes any sense. And then when he finally gets to the end here, they're just like, you know, oh, you're not you're not sleeping well. And Caleb Hammer made this point for me, and it was something I couldn't really lock my finger on as to why that bothered me so much. But Caleb Hammer has a YouTube channel. You should check it out. And he says, if your emotions don't equal the math and the math is correct, what's wrong? Is it, should you change the math or should you change your emotions? And his argument is that if evolution has taught us to be emotional about things that aren't correct and we're emotionally against the correct thing, then maybe we have to switch our brains to think properly so that we're doing the right things instead of doing the emotional ones. And what Dave is saying here is ignore all of the information. You're not sleeping at night because I told you that this was something you should be stressed about. And I'm, I'm wondering how much Eric is stressed because Dave told him to be stressed. And then you should ignore the, the things that are against your instincts that are correct. 
and you should go with your instincts that are incorrect. And the issue with that is that there are a lot of things, and he'll he'll even say, like if you put your money into mutual funds and you got scared and you pulled all your money out, he'll be like, you you acted emotionally. You shouldn't have done that. So even in his own arguments, he's saying, stop acting emotionally, do the right things. But then he'll tell you right here, you need to act emotionally and do the thing that doesn't make sense. So it's a lot of contradictions here in order to try and work this whole like, yeah, we, so if he's being real honest and we've found videos of him being honest before we posted them, we've done reviews on them. Um, if he's being real honest, he understands what people are saying. He doesn't want them to do it because he's not convinced most people can. And that's fair. If you're going to make that statement, that's fair. The problem is, is Eric can, right? And he's going to tell him not to because he's worried that someone else is going to watch and take Eric's example. And I get that, Eric. If you watch this video, stop watching Dave Ramsey. You're doing it correctly already. And if he's scaring you, you're, then you're, you're going to start doing the wrong things. He's going to tell you what most people should do. He's not going to cater his information to you specifically. And so I, really, really simply, I would cash out the stock and pay off the house today. Now, no. Then I don't have a house payment. I have an increased stability at the very foundation of my life and my financial plan, because I you you cannot grasp and you actually can't mathematically capture that it feels different to walk through your backyard with no shoes on. The grass feels different when you don't have a mortgage. You cannot capture that. You cannot capture what this does. It, that the stress release, even if it's minor, what that does for your relationships. You cannot capture what it does for your boldness and your excellence in your career. Uh, and all of those things over time, the math actually plays out that people of means, people of wealth, actually do not take out home mortgages to trade and sell, buy and sell single stocks. Those are called day traders, 78% of which lose money. And um, lose a lot of other things while they're doing it. So. They're not called day traders. Like if you took a 2% mortgage out against your home and you put it into something with an average yearly return of 10% or 12%, like Dave says he's capable of getting, mathematically that's not day trading and mathematically that works and you will make the difference in returns. Meaning you will make, if you put something 10, you will make 8% in returns on that method. Right. And that's huge, especially compounded annually. 8% annually is tremendous over a 30 year time frame. So it's not like, you know, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars Eric's going to lose by listening to this advice. Now, yes, Dave Ramsey's method will get you to a million dollars if you pay down all your debts. You save and invest some money after the fact. You put into retirement. You will eventually have a paid off home with some in retirement and those two equal together will be a million dollars. You'll be technically a millionaire. You will not be wealthy by definition. You cannot live off of that. You still have to figure out how to get a cash flow in retirement to live off of. That won't take care of it. Your cash flow will be low. I mean, your, your expenses will be low, but your cash flow will also be low. So we've presented this example and we've asked people to answer this question and the Dave Ramsey fans have a hard time with this one. If you have someone with a yearly expense of a million dollars, they have a mortgage, maybe multiple mortgages, but they have yearly cash flow of tens of millions of dollars, is that person better off or is someone who has a 
a yearly expense of $30,000 with a yearly cash flow of $20,000. Is that person better off? One has lower expenses. Dave Ramsey sells, you have to have, you have to lower your expenses by getting rid of things like mortgages and other debts and not leverage against putting money into index funds. But real financial peace comes when your investments can cover your expenses. That's when financial peace comes. And you can do it where you lower your expenses to the point where that's taken care of and you could you know, live a little bit more stress-free for sure. You can do that. You can also do it where you you increase your cash flow, your, your increase your investments to be able to cover those expenses that you have. You can do that as well. So for example, I rent here in California. I invest in real estate elsewhere. I invest in index funds elsewhere. And all that together can cover almost all my yearly expenses. And it will be able to cover my yearly expenses here in a couple years, maybe even less, depending on how the market does when it kind of switches around. So would I rather have that or would I rather have a really cheap paid off home here in San Jose that I'm not sure is going to continue to appreciate that is causing me issues, causing me costs still, right? I would rather have the first one. Oh, George, you only hear that, about the ones that win. Well, and you and they're always temporary because, you know, it's the same thing as playing the slots. Oh, I won at the slots, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how they built those casinos, okay? Not by you winning at the slots, I can tell you that. So mathematically, just because you hit it once doesn't mean you're going to – so all of that to say, Eric, I'm going off the data of the 30 years of doing what I do walking alongside people, watching their lives transform, watching their relationships, their careers blossom, uh, and their portfolio. Because when you don't have a house payment and you make $260,000 a year, you can build up 180000 bucks really quick if you want to screw around with single stocks. Won't take long at all. So good question. Thank you for calling. Nobody said anything about single stocks. They said stuff about single stocks. Pay off your house today, sir. Yeah, the whole end goal of both of our discussions is build wealth. The question is, what is the best path to do it? And we have found that doing it with the least amount of risk possible puts you in a better financial position long term. And so what we're saying here is you're going to build wealth either way. You could lose your butt hanging on to these single stocks in the next week, depending on who tweets what. Or you could have a guaranteed return with no house payment, making $260,000. You think you can build wealth with that situation? Absolutely. 100% of the time you can. So, uh, and a hundred percent of the foreclosures occur on a home with a mortgage. So that's not true. <laughs> Didn't have to do a lot of research it, on that. It'll one. come to you later. I promise. Uh, so that's the idea folks. That's the idea. What is your most powerful wealth building tool? Is it your home equity? Nope. It's your income. No person in your mirror is the secret sauce for you to build wealth, for you to build a quality life. You're the secret sauce. You're the answer. No one's going to do it for you, and there is no magic pill that you've yet to discover. Just go go in there, brush the fog off of the mirror after the shower, and look at that guy, look at that gal, and go, you're the problem. You're the solution. All right, so that's the end of the video. So there's a couple of things he said at the end there that rubbed me the wrong way, and I think it really summarizes why I have such a problem with this aspect of Dave Ramsey. I, I love most of what he talks about. And he talks about getting out of consumer debt. He talks about, you know, spending less than you make. He talks about budgeting. You got to do all those things because you can't invest without those things. But this one area rubs me the wrong way so hard. The first is he compares his strategy 
to the most extreme risk of the opposite end of the spectrum. Nobody talked about single stocks. You could have had index funds. You could have had mutual funds. You didn't say that what they were in. What happened was George asked, you know, what is better? Like, would you take out a loan to start investing in single stocks? And the guy's like, no, but that's not what the money's in. Nobody said what the money was in. So that example created a situation where they're like all this risk versus all this conservative. Here's, they didn't really explain what the risk is at all in any of this strategy, right? So you like if he loses his job, he has something to draw from if he absolutely had to. He's got this stock uh, portfolio he could draw from to pay for his stuff before he can find another job. So I don't see what the risk is in that. He's going to take all that out anyways and put it into a, you know, to pay off his mortgage. And if he loses his job, he's He's in a worse position now because he doesn't have that to draw from. And houses still cost money, even if they don't have a mortgage. So if you're talking about risk, the safer thing to do is to leave that money there and then not pay the mortgage down. The other thing is he's going to pay a lot of taxes on pulling that money out. Nobody talked about how much he's going to pay in taxes. It's going to be a lot, probably more than the interest he would have paid over the next whatever many years until his mortgage was out. Maybe not but it's possible. We should sit down and put those two numbers down and figure out how much he's actually going to pay in taxes and how much he would pay in interest over the next few years. That would mean that even if his stock portfolio didn't really move from here on out, like if it didn't grow in the coming bull market, then he would still be in a position where mathematically it doesn't make sense because of the amount of taxes he's about to pay on selling these stocks. Lastly, the thing that bugs me here is, is was one of Dave's last comment. One of your most powerful wealth building tools is your income. That bothers me because if you lose that income, Dave Ramsey's strategy is totally bunk. His entire strategy is pay off everything as fast as you can, get out of debt as fast as you can, and then start putting some stuff into investments after the fact so that you can then start to get to a point where you grow and, and build, right? But at any point, if you lose your job in there, what are you doing? What you, you have to like draw from something. You have to figure something out. The, the financial independence and financial peace, like real financial peace, is finding a way so that your job is not your primary source of wealth building. That's the entire goal we're trying to get to. And we want to get there as fast as humanly possible. We don't want to wait until we're 65 to get there because any hiccup along the way is going to get us to a point where we're in trouble. We want to get to a place of financial independence and financial peace where our most powerful wealth building tool is not our income, but instead our investments. And then we can start figuring out what to do next. And that's the part that really bothers me. If you're going to put all your faith into someone giving you a job, you're putting your entire situation at risk. And if we're going to talk about vague numbers, which we don't explain, most millionaires do not have one source of income. They have multiple sources of income. And I'm not talking like millionaires who have most of their money in their home equity. I'm talking about millionaires who have actually built liquid million dollar portfolios. Those millionaires have multiple sources of income. So in my research, I found that getting more sources of income is the fastest way to getting wealthy. And I'm not going to link that because... That's exactly what Dave did. I'm not going to try to explain how that makes any sense. Just going to say it and then expect you guys to go out and do it. So thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. If you like today's episode, make sure you like and subscribe. And don't forget to leave a comment down below if you think that I'm wrong or why that I, I, you think that I'm wrong. I'm always interested to have those conversations. And I'll see you guys next time.